Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Hey, from four, this is ESPN 1530. Our friend Chad Brendel's here because it's uh, Thursday. Uh, BearcatJournal.com is uh, what he runs. You should subscribe to if you're a UC fan. Those message boards are fun right now. Uh, follow Chad on Twitter uh, at Chad Brendel. I, I thought I thought today Chad would be a good day to kind of go through the uh, 2024 UC football schedule. Yeah, spring football starts in uh, a week and a half, so uh, you know March 4th, first spring football practice. Make sure you're at uh, Bearcat Journal for all of the developing content. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, uh, that's uh, all right, great. Go yeah, well, we'll just we'll run through that today. What? <laughs> What's what's uh, what is the most legitimate gripe about uh, last night's forty minutes at fifth third? Defense over the final eight minutes. I mean, defense over the final six minutes. Defense over the final four minutes. I mean, they you're up five with six minutes to go, and you give up twenty four points. That is that is a pace bow hmm. for one hundred and sixty three points over forty minutes. It. it and it was a variety of, of things, you know, offensive rebound, kick out for a three. Uh, what I thought was, I, you have a better seat than I do for this. I didn't think there was any contact on the flop on the three. I thought that was a game-changing mm-hmm. uh, call that I thought was anticipated. And I didn't, I, from where we sit, I didn't see any contact. Agreed. Um so you get three free throws there, then Aziz comes down and gets the and one to put you back up one. And then a CMOS, a Dan turnover and a CMOS turn, turnover, and boom, you're down four on back-to-back threes. And they just couldn't stop the bleeding. I mean, they scored 16 points over the final six minutes. Mm-hmm. That they pace for, uh, I think somebody's 109 a game. Over the final eight minutes, they scored on 11 of 14 possessions. If you take the Josh Reed turnover at the end, the game was over at that point. I'm not going to count that. Right. 11 from eight minutes and 12 seconds when Jizzle checked out, they scored on 11 of 14 possessions. The two turnovers uh, by Dan and, and Seamoth. And then they had, a, I think Jizzle missed a pull-up that they didn't get the offensive rebound. On the other 11 possessions, they got points. And they went from up five to down four. Like, that's almost impossible to do. Uh, a lot of folks have uh, focused on Jizzle uh, going to the bench at the eight twelve mark. He did come back, but after he had sat for a while, um, what do you, how do you respond to the criticism of Jizzle James' usage and at times lack thereof? I think the problem with Jizzle last night was Oklahoma State had very clearly targeted when he was in the game. They were going right at him. And that makes it hard to keep a guy on the floor. And even if they're producing offensively, if the other team is just putting the ball in the hands of the guy you're guarding, setting a ball screen and letting them cook you, it's difficult 
you know, if, it, if it's anybody, you know, Jizzle's wildly popular right now, and I get it. Like, he is yeah. insanely fun to watch. But if that happens to CMOS, everybody is screaming at Wes, get the guy out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I understand it. Like, I, he, the run he put together to get them up four was electric. And then he gives up two just flat-footed, you know, low-effort defensive uh, possessions to, to tie it back up. They brought him in when they were up five in the first half. The first time he was on the floor, they were up five. When they took him out, they were down three. The next time they brought him in, they were up two. When they took him out, they were down eight. You know, it's really hard for a guy to play 14 minutes, score 10 points, and be minus 11 and plus minus. Mm-hmm. That's difficult. You know, that's saying they got 21 points on the other end to negate your 10 points that you scored. So I, I think it was just a situation where defensively he got put in a lot of tough situations for what his ability is, and they they abused him for it. Would I have liked, you know, Dan wasn't playing well? Mm. Would I have minded seeing him maybe in for Dan a little bit? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, that would not have bothered me. Um, but I think the problem there is there's a reason Dan is in there more than anything, and it's for his rebounding. You know, if you're going to play small, somebody's going to have to get on the glass, and I think you need Dan on the floor. Do you take John Newman out? I mean, last night probably would have been the only time that I considered that a maybe because I thought he struggled to defend smaller guys. Um you're not taking CMOS out at the end because offensively he's the one guy that can kind of create offense for you. So I just don't know what the answer was to get him back on the floor in that stretch with the way that they were singling him out and, and specifically attacking him defensively. Uh, how bad might this get? Because I, I think that's the fear now, right? Like, we've we've yeah. effectively stopped talking about them making the NCAA tournament after that loss last night. But but you obviously also, at the same time, don't want this to, to you know, to wrap up where they lose five of their last six or something like that. But but unfortunately, with what the schedule has in front of it and, and with their just inability to play consistently well from game to game, that feels like a distinct possibility, which I think for a lot of folks would undo so many of the positives from the, the the bulk of of the Big 12 schedule so far. For a lot of folks, it doesn't matter. They just want to scream from the mountaintops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they could finish three and two, and and people would still you know lose their mind over it. But yeah, it's it's an interesting spot because now you have three on the road. It's three solid teams. Although you've beaten TCU and. I thought they were better than Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Oklahoma's kind of fading right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have looked at that one since the Oklahoma game and said, I think they can get that one on the road. Now people, I, I think it's funny because I think people equate like they have played better on the road. They have finished better on the road, but they played about the same. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it's not like they've, you know, they've shot out of their minds on the road and they've been bad at home or anything like that. Like, I think they've just been better in the final three minutes of games on the road. Mm-hmm. And they've had a couple shots go down on the road that they haven't done at home. Um, but, you know, they do. It's crazy that 
even, you know, before last night, they had lost four home games and were still in a decent position to get to 500 in the league, in a league where you don't win road games. So Saturday is going to be fascinating because I think Saturday tells us a lot. We have seen this team repeatedly pick themselves up off the bat. If they go in and, and get handled by TCU, which I th- think that's a really good TCU team mm-hmm. uh, that didn't play well in their game here at the third arena, if they go and get handled by TCU, it could be a pretty looming sign because, what, nobody has played Houston closer than 15 at home this year? Mm-hmm. You're not winning at Houston. So if you get handled by TCU, you get handled by Houston, now you're on a three-game losing streak and you got three games left to end the season, it could get bad. I mean, it legitimately could get bad. So yeah. so the, the smart money is now Selection Sunday comes and goes, they're not in, right? That's there, There's yeah. the b- b- distinct minus odds on that being the case. What if... Four and one is not likely, Mel. Right. So what if, what if we say the same thing about Selection Sunday in 2025? Well, then you're in, that's a problem because... The one thing that does give me optimism for next year is more often than not, what we're starting to see in the transfer portal era is the teams that take guys with multiple years see a significant uptick from those guys in year two. So that counts, I think, for me, that counts for Day-Day, who's a junior college transfer. We've always, like, remember Hugs stuff? Those guys were almost always better in year two. And you maybe get CMOS better in year two. Aziz better in year two, Jamil better in year two, Jizzle better in year two, the, the freshman, the sophomore jump. I think that has to be a team that is a tournament team in a year. Absolutely. Uh, awesome stuff as always, man. Much appreciated. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, man. You yep. got it. Uh, it's our buddy Chad Brendel, BearcatJournal.com. He is on Twitter, uh, at Chad Brendel. I'm sure his at's. Looked a lot like mine last night. It's uh, a couple away from uh, 4 o'clock. Yes, free until 5.05. Tom Galletta, voice of FC Cincinnati, going to join us from Jamaica. I don't think we've ever had a guest on while they were in Jamaica. Uh, FC Cincinnati is getting set to play tonight. And uh, Tommy has the call on Fox Sports 1360. He'll join us on ESPN 1530 at uh, 5.05. And uh, looking forward to that. We are uh, guest-free between uh, now and then. 513-749-1530. And uh, 866-702-3776. I think there is a question that your boss asks, that my boss asks, and that Joe Mixon's boss is asking, or at least should be. That coming up in uh, just about 20 minutes. More on the college hoops from last night. Next, 4 o'clock, ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. This is SportsCenter. Doug Brown, when the NBA picks up the season again tonight, 12 games on the schedule, including the Warriors hosting the Lakers. No LeBron James for the Lakers tonight. He's out with a left ankle injury. The Lakers get back to work with three games in four days and not much time left to make a move. ESPN's Zach Lowe. It is an uphill battle. They need LeBron, ASAP, and they do not have the luxury of a lot of rest games or a minute's limit. It's all hands on deck. 
Zach Lowe on NBA Today. Right now, the Lakers are ninth in the West, a game and a half ahead of the Warriors. College basketball tonight in the Big Ten, third-ranked Purdue hosts Rutgers. And in the Pac-12, number four Arizona hosts 21st-ranked Washington State. Women's basketball, number one and unbeaten South Carolina hosts Alabama. That one at 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. At 9.30 Eastern on ESPN at Pauley Pavilion, 12th-ranked UCLA hosts number 18, Utah. Hey, it's your resident Super Bowl champ, Chris Canning, coming up Friday. I'll tell you why the Patriots not picking a quarterback with the third overall pick would be franchise malpractice. It's Unsportsmanlike, 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. This report is sponsored. Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. 